Hi, everybody. I'm Brian. Uh, yay, I'm the guy taking the team to Tanzania. Yay. Okay. Is that my Uganda name or my Tanzania name? That's my Uganda name. Okay. Babu. Okay. Well, I'm pretty excited um, to talk to you guys, have a little conversation about um, serving. I was told a couple of weeks ago to help out with serving or talk about serving, and I'm not going to preach today. I'm going to give uh, like some information, maybe some advice, um, and we'll see how it goes. Hands and feet, hands and feet. Let's see how it goes. Um, uh, you have notes. Did you guys get your little notepads? You know, you guys don't do notes. That's why I was really... I thought about that and said, we got to have it on the screen or no one will know what I'm talking about. But um, what's on there is make a difference, snap. <laughs> That's what my daughter says for her swear word. Her swear word is snap. But um, it says make a difference, snap. One of the hard things is try to figure out how to make a difference. Like we want to serve, we, read, you know, we do all this Bible stuff and Jesus tells us to go out and serve. And then how do we do that that it makes any difference at all in the world? Uh, we were talking about this in my life group. So we're, we're hanging out in my life group and I'm talking about service or, or just trying to help people. Like I help a homeless person on the street. So one guy tells a story. This is stuck. There we go. Uh, tells a story. You know, he gives, um, he sees a, a poor man on the street and um, he doesn't want to give him any money because, you know, he's going to do something wrong with the money. So he buys him a hamburger and he gives him the hamburger and the guy takes the hamburger and just throws it back at him. Okay. And that's, that was just because he was brave enough, the, the poor man, to actually uh, show what he felt. Um, another person um, was, you know, a, the, the, the beggar was there, the homeless person or whatever they were, and said, I, I'd really like to get a dollar for a hamburger. So uh, she gives him the dollar, and then he goes, ah, oh, I really want a hot dog. And he walks out. So she felt like she was getting cheated. So, uh, and this, is, this happens, you know, right here in your own street, it happens when you try to do something organized, and it happens uh, uh, intercultural all the time that we're trying to serve, but we're not connecting. We're not actually connecting. We're not having communication back and forth so we can figure out how to actually um, serve somebody. We'll just, you know, hey, this is easy, I'll do it, or no, I'm going to try to control their world. Um, so let's put a slide up there, see what we got. What do we got? See all people as made in the image of God. And there's a Bible verse that goes with it. So God created mankind in his own image. In his own image, God created them, male and female. He created them. Um, and that's, to me, really the basis of serving, is how we see people, how we actually see them. Do we see them as brownie points? Do we see them as people we are really glad it's not us and we wish they were living differently? How do we see the people we serve? Um, the man in the street needs a few dollars to survive. I have this argument with old-time Christians all the time. I'm never going to give them money. They're going to go buy meth, you know? <laughs> and uh, the, um, they need money to live. They live on the street day in and day out. They need some money. You don't know what they're going to do with it. You know, there's a church down in Long Beach, and they have really good chicken parmesan on Saturdays. 
And I need, you know, if you talk to somebody, you may find out after a while he wants some bus money so he can make it to Long Beach, okay? So there's that really good meal there, and then, you know, he'll make it up the coast to, you know, Redondo Beach. They got a really good meal there. Or you have no idea what they're doing, but um, the fact that you just say, I'm, I'm going to give you a coupon from McDonald's, okay, here, because you have no right to make any decisions about your life, that you're dishonoring them. You're treating them as if they aren't made in the image of God, that they have no right because of the life they're living to make any decisions in their life. You're really being cruel to them. And, you know, the only way that a person is going to get better is if they actually start believing in themselves, like they believe they can change, they think they're worth something. But if we give people something they don't want, we're telling them they're worthless. And this happens in a lot of different contexts. Um, the, um, let me, I'll just go to my next thing instead of talking about that. The, <laughs> you know, if you really want to help somebody, I'll just kind of talk into my next point a lot, but I'm not getting there yet. If you want to, um, okay, I thought I saw something different over there. Um, <laughs> if you really want to help somebody, you have to actually figure them out. You have to get involved. You have to get connected somehow. You know, like with the homeless person, you could, you know, get to know them, talk to them a little bit. If you have, if you like their story, give them five dollars. Just here, five dollars. I like your story, or whatever. God bless you. God will really appreciate that. Or, you know, if you want to get really involved, you can meet with them. You can tell them about different options. You can bring them home and put them in your bedroom for two years. You can. You could do that. You're probably not going to do that. But because, you know, the police will have to come and take him away, but because he won't leave because he has no other place to go. But the, the idea is don't dishonor him. Don't dishonor her. If you don't want to have anything to do with him, just pass him by. But don't call him out and say you're worthless. And that's that's the idea of, um, I think, you know, making them eat a hamburger they don't want to eat. Um, I'll give you another example from another culture on this point. Is uh, I remember a trip to Russia. We're going to Russia and we're doing a big event. It's a big concert. And we have this guy on our team from the United States who does halftime shows. Like he's going to do the Super Bowl and you know, he produces them and he wires them up and he does all kinds of things. He's a super expert. So we go over to Russia and he plugs all the cables in, okay, and all the things. He plugs them all in. And then the Russians come in, they all plug them in different, and then he comes in and plugs them all different, and then they fill in and they plug. They go back and forth for a whole week and are mad at each other and they're bad-mouthing each other. And um, so we're not, we're not helping. We're not serving. We're just getting in the way. We're getting in the way. Um, we're, you know, Americans. We know everything. We can bomb you to death. And uh, just listen to us. That's the truth. That's sometimes how we act. And we don't act like um, following Paul's advice, which is uh, in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but he, in humility consider others better than yourselves. So uh, a really big thing about going out and serving is the people you serve, you should have an attitude even if it's false, just go with the attitude from God that those people are better than you. They don't have to be better than you. They just have to act like they're better than you because they're made in the image of God, just like you are. 
and they have their problems and you have your problems, but if you always have the attitude to treat them as if they're better than you, then you'll be in the right place for service. Um, let's go to two, see what we see here. We must confess our shortcomings to be ready to serve. So we have our shortcomings, we think we're better than them. There's a lot of different shortcomings, and I will, I'm going to go through a little list here of things you could confess to be ready to serve. Um, I confess I'm tempted to contribute in ways that make me feel best, not that help the most. You know, we all just want to feel good when we serve. Um, Lord, help me to slow down and serve my neighbor in the best way possible. Number two, I confess I want to be seen as good when I serve. I want to look good. I want to be seen as good. Free me to do what is good instead of what makes um, seen as good. Number three, I confess we take full credit for the progress we have made and act as if uh, God has not been involved at all. Uh, a little... So many times, I mean, I take a lot of credit. I have a really hard time not taking a lot of credit, actually, when I <laughs> tell a story. But uh, my wife uh, corrects me all the time. The, uh, but I'll tell a little story. This is um, it's the donkey story. I don't know if you've heard the donkey story, but there was a donkey, and he was a beautiful donkey. He was just beautiful. He was soft. He was young, gray hair and black eyelids. I mean, he was just beautiful donkey. And one day, he's just, you know, sitting there next to his mother, and a couple of men come up to him and say, uh, we need you. And then so they, they pull the donkey out, and they put a, some coats on him, and they put a full-size man on him, and they just start leading him off. And then all of a sudden, he's walking along, the donkey's walking along, and they put coats in front of him, and he walks in the coats. It's never been so nice. And people are cheering, and he's going, I am, not only am I beautiful, and I'm strong, I'm the greatest donkey that has ever lived. And uh, what that is, you are the donkey, uh, by the way, if you're serving Jesus and you think all the cheering and all the credit is yours. Um, we're the donkey. We're just carrying the message. We're going along. We're in service. We're not all that great. And so that's just to confess that. Hopefully some of you haven't heard that story. I got smiles at least. Um, again, confess that I claim too much credit. Uh, grow me in my humility, show me how to give credit to God and others. So we want to always give credit to God and others. And when we go out there, we usually have partners and stuff, and we want to give all the credit to them because we don't know what I'm doing. Um, number five on this list is uh, confess that I am empty of compassion. Renew my deep gladness. Um, I was very personally uh, convicted of this of having no compassion. And um, I was famous for having no compassion. Even. People would talk about it, and I would tell nice, really good stories of how tough I made my kids because I had no compassion. <laughs> and um, then one day, they made, at the church at Rocky Peak, they made me the care pastor. So <laughs> the, the running joke was, uh, he's the care pastor that doesn't care. <laughs> and um, so... I, I, uh, I confess that, that I wasn't a very caring person. It was hard for me to care. I um, had a lot of issues with my dad and my mom, and I just never learned how to care. 
And uh, we won't go into that story, but I just started praying about it. I, I made it like my, my confession at life groups. I said, this is what I want to pray about. I want to have compassion in my life. Like for two years, that was my number one prayer request. It was on my list of prayers. And um, God actually changed me. He made me more compassionate. I, I probably still have a reputation for not being that compassionate, but I am so much better than I used to be. And it, can, it started with this, this confession. Uh, one thing is when we confess these kind of things, um, we confess them um, not to label ourselves as worthless, but so God can work on us, change us, make us new, make us actually care about the people we want to serve. Because, you know, when you know, we get all this, we've got to go serve, we've got to go serve, and we go out there, and we don't like any of these people that we're serving. Or that can happen, but you can also, God can uh, change you to care about them as God cares about them, you know, to see them as image bearers of God. So that confession. Number six, I confess I overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly do whatever's best for me and my family instead of seeing everybody as a brother and sister. So I confess I'm looking out for me all the time. I'm taking care of me. I get my sleep. I get my money. I get whatever I need. I confess that. I give it to God. I try to get him to change me, to take a little bit of what I have. And uh, number seven, I confess of only mildly protesting injustice symptoms. I give a little here and there to help victims of drought or discrimination. I claim to make a difference by putting posts on social media. And... um, but I do nothing to fundamentally change the order of things. So I live my life personally um, without really trying to change the world. That's a confession I make. Um, and I think we should all you know, really feel that inside and say, is there uh, a change in that? Can I make a difference out there? Can I actually make a difference? Dang it. Snap. Whatever. Can I make a difference? And, you know, all this, you know, you can complain about a million things. And you can be upset about a million things, but there's only one or two things you can do to make a difference. And you can actually choose to make a difference in one of those two things, as opposed to just going along through life and saying, I'm against that over there. That will not help anybody. Because there's, you know, human trafficking... I learned of a new thing when I was in Thailand. They kidnap kids in Thailand, put them on boats, and they, and they fish for their entire life on that boat, never get off. I mean, they'll probably die in five years, but they do that all over the place. And they'll go into someone's house, we've got a job for your kid, and they just take him away and they'll never see him again. Out, they never, the boat never comes back. It never gets to land again. It's just full of these kidnapped kids. Um, Genocide in South Sudan, wars in Somalia and Syria that never end, too many options on TV. The, um, so back again, just that idea that uh, we need to confess our shortcomings. Number three, we get to the good part later. Um, we need reality to affect us if we're going to make a difference and actually serve. We need to let the reality of what's actually happening out there in the world affect us in a very deep um, manner. I remember um, there was a person that went with me to 
Ethiopia, and uh, we were in a northern place, and there was a lot of famine there. And you know, you'd see people on the street, and they'd say, "What are you doing?" You know, we're waiting for uh, the dry season to end because there's nothing to do, and they're starving and they're skinny, and you see a lot of abuse, and uh, they, you know, they're not allowed to worship Christ, and uh, the the medical center we're working in is just you know four cinder walls and and nothing else. And she came back, and she was just mad at God. She was. Uh, how could God let that much suffering happen in the world to millions and millions of people with no hope? Um, it just broke her heart so much that at first she just gave up. She quit. She quit missions. She quit uh, going to church. She just couldn't take it anymore because her heart was so broken. She let what happened out there actually enter into her heart and break her. But then she was able to heal. God is the healer of the uh, brokenhearted. She was able to uh, figure out how to make a difference. She is now one of the most active um, uh, doers of good in our church. She was just in India a couple of weeks ago and really set up a really neat program to help people over there. Um, but you have to let um, what is actually happening to real people affect you in your heart if you're going to be a good servant. Because otherwise you're just going through the motions, you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're checking off the box, and you're not effective because you don't know these people, you don't care about them, you're not going to look into what they're all about. You have to let something in the world break your heart if you're really going to become an effective servant somewhere uh, in serving outside the church. You can be broken for the people inside the uh, church too. Serving uh, needs to change us. If we want to be like God, we, would, we disrespect the people we visit if their suffering doesn't make a difference in the choices uh, we make in our lives. Respect means, um, and honoring, which we talked about earlier, um, is allowing the suffering people I meet to shape how I give, my politics, how I spend my money, uh, my ambitions in life. Okay, remember to see people in the image of God, confess who you really are, and let the suffering we witness affect um, and change our behavior. And after that, you might be actually ready to serve and, uh, and to make a difference. And as I would say, I can't even remember what my sentence is here, to make a difference, dang it if you got all that way. So, what do we need to do? We need to... So next is, how do we serve others well? Number one is, honor those you're serving. So, this is a real difficult thing to actually pull off. We, uh, I went to the Maasai tribe with my friend Christian. Is he here? He was here. Okay, Christian and Warner and Joey. We went to the Maasai tribe. So we're out with the Maasai, and they have decided to live out in the desert and to um, just live with their cows, and they drink cow blood and milk, and, and that's all they eat, and they just live out there in the, in the sand and in mud huts and in brun, brun, brambles, and they're very um, private. And they've been in National Geographic so many times that they're really mad if you take a picture of them. Okay, because you know you're making money, and we're private, and we're alone, and leave us alone. So we, you know, I get my Maasai friend, and I go to one of the places they live, and we, you know, we we honor them. We ask, can we come in? 
And yeah, you can come in. And you know, we say, can we tell you a story? So we tell them the Genesis story. And then can we come back tomorrow? You know, we come back and, and I t- tell them, um, I think, the, uh, an Isaiah story. And then, you know, we came back another day and we told them this Jesus story. And, we, you know, we're honoring them and we're loving them and we're bonding. And then I remember the, on the last day, I'm in there and uh, the, the head man comes in. He hadn't been there before. He kind of heard the stories, I'm sure, from the women and the younger people. And so I tell kind of a condensed all the stories again. And then at the end, I go, do you want to, you know, I do the, do you want to accept Jesus Christ? And so the, the head, you know, they're all, they all go and look at the head man. And uh, he goes like that, and they all go like this. Okay, so they all do it, and we have the celebration, we have the singing, and then I do it. I say, can I get a picture with you? <laughs> and I did it. We went. We got a picture together, I posted it somewhere, all this kind of stuff, but I could just see the look on his face, and I still feel guilty today that I actually dishonored him. It was like, you're a prize, I'm your prize, my, my prize right here, he came to Christ. And uh, I dishonored him, I did, I failed. We have to look at what we're doing and make sure that, uh, and think about everything we say and everything we do and all the implications Are we honoring the people that we're reaching out to? Are we lifting them up? Are we just killing our trust? When am I supposed to be done anyway? Anyone know? (laughs) (laughs) What? Four minutes? Oh, until that. Okay. Praise God. I might be able to pull that off. Okay, number two. Uh, Take time to know the people you serve. Um... You know, we may think, uh, you know, giving away shoes is the answer, but the local shoe vendor may be put out of business uh, the market be, when the market's flooded with free shoes. Uh, donated shoes um, may give health problems. Um, you, you don't know different things you're giving to people. If that gives someone power and it takes power away from another person, um, you just don't know the implications of what you do. I remember giving, uh, or just trying to go out and learn Okay, I've got to learn these people. And I'm trying to learn about the people in Uganda. And the people in Uganda, the, one of the first things I learned you know, way before our trip was uh, they do things in the moment. So every time we, at the end of the day, at exactly 4 p.m., we would show up for our boat ride to go, get off the island and go back to our place. And the guy would see us coming, and then he'd take off to go buy gas. Because you don't buy gas ahead of time. You know, it's just you buy gas when you need gas. And that's when we show up to get our boat ride. Um, another time, I was leading a staff meeting, and um, so I show up. I'm going to teach the staff meeting of this big African uh, ministry, and there's nobody there. And then somebody shows up, and they sing, like a cappella alone. And they're singing, and another person comes in and sings with them. And then, you know, people... It, uh, and a half hour later, the, everyone shows up. You know, it was just, that's how they do it. They just sing out to get the people there. Um, so it took me a long turn to learn about them. But I had to learn something because we uh, started a uh, Bible college over there. And we were spending a whole bunch of money. And I was going over there and I was visiting. And I was trying to figure out what was going on. And it seemed like it was going downhill. And pe- the students weren't showing up and they weren't following the rules. And I had to have a close enough bond that I had a meeting. And I said, 
um, I don't think the president is working out and uh, we're going to stop sending money unless uh, you figure out another job for him. And, but we had a close enough relationship. It was actually the right call that we could pull it off. He got you know, just transferred to something else. Face was saved and everything. We got another guy in there. It's now a university. It's great. It's grown. But I had to really know these people to make that difference. I'm not going to make the four minutes, so don't even pretend. Um, <laughs> number three, partner with the people you serve. So partnering with the people you serve, like that was a partnering story, is I partnered with Pastor Peter. He's going to be in church at 11 o'clock next Sunday. He's a partner that I started working with in 2003, and I'm still working with him. But I had to learn a lot about him. I had to learn a lot about his, his needs. I had to just work through a lot of things that worked and things that didn't work um, so that I could make... Uh, and the, the biggest part of partnering is making them more important than you meaning they are the instruments of their own betterment. Even if you're working with a homeless person, the homeless, homeless person is only going to get better if they decide to get better. So we have to lift them up to the place where they decide they want to get better, and then you can help them, you can partner with them. Just like a church in Uganda, we partner with them, but almost all the work is done by them. They do the work, they are the ones uplifted, they are the ones that are working uh, with God just like we are. We have to partner with who's out there to make it work. And uh, when you choose someone to serve, you know, you can, you can, there's two ways. You can get to know the actual person you're serving or you can get to know the agency that gets to know the people you're serving and you, you, know, you just know that you could trust them to actually know what they're doing and how to serve and you get that over time. And if you ever get the feel that the people you're working with are just out for your money and they don't really know what they're doing, they don't know how to serve the people you're serving, then you know, go to the next place. Because you really, they have to partner with the people they serve. The people they serve are the people that have to actually be raised up in God. Uh, it's not, we don't fix people. We don't save people. We don't make people better. We partner with people and give them a few resources and a few ideas, and then they work directly to make uh, their lives better. Uh, so we always have to look, we're, we, we're the donkey. We are just bringing the message and that uh, Jesus and God and all that will bring them up. So, um, in Tanzania, we, um, we're doing this. We've been there for, I think, three or four years. We're getting to know some people. We really trust our partners. Um, we want to you know, expand and do something bigger. So what we did is, uh, last year when I was there, we'd already been there for, uh, doing a couple things for a couple years, is I met the, the elders of a... Of a community, kind of the central community of the Muslim tribe we're working with. I met the elders, and we did a little, you know, I sh they showed me all around and all the, a bunch of their problems and that kind of thing, and we did a little trust-building thing, meaning they told me what they wanted, and I sa said that was a neat thing, and I gave them $1,000, and they, uh, whatever they were going to do was going to cost 1500 and so then we're going to see, did it get done? Okay, so I gave them the money right there in the town square at the city gate. We shook hands. I counted it out, and they, they did it. They did what needed to get done, which was kind of a bathroom for the city project. So now we have some, this trust buildup. So the next thing is that we wanted to uh, do a bigger project, uh, really make a difference in this community because we want to bring them Jesus Christ, but we, you know, we got to... Uh, uh, 
work towards the common good? How can we really help these people? How can we serve them? How can we help these leaders actually help their own people? How can we partner with them so that they're lifting their own people up? And we did a thing called the 10 seeds. And we'll come up with the next thing. Next slide. Okay, and this isn't the actual one we did in Tanzania. This was done in some other community. But the idea is... Uh, you know, we're communicating with people. They speak in another language. They are, some are rich and some are poor. And, you know, the people with power want to control everything. But we need to um, try to figure out what everybody thinks. What would really be helpful? How can we get uh, some input from the least of these, from the poor people, from the women, not just from the people in power? And we do a thing called 10 seeds where we give each person uh, their 10 seeds and then this wheel has uh, markers on it, meaning it's all, it, it, on this particular one, it's, you know, what is your biggest problem? Storms, drought, indecision, crops, you know, that was just a list for that particular place. And then you gave everyone 10 seeds and they put their seeds on the wheel, this whole group that represents everybody. And, that's, and then we have a big discussion and a round table and all this kind of stuff because we want to serve them in a way they want to be served. We want to serve them in a way that they can partner with us and also, uh, they're a big part of making this thing work. They're the big part of carrying it on for the common good. So we're serving and we're making a difference. We're partnering. Um, so what we're going to do here is we're going to um, do a similar exercise. We're going to do two seeds, just, or two beans, whatever you want to do, because there's so many of you. Uh, we have a wheel back there with some options that are the next slide. These are uh, options picked by some people here. And um, so what I want you to do is uh, the, the band is going to pad or the, someone's going to play music or band pad. <laughs> <laughs> Come up, band. And we need all members of the band to pad. Do you have a, like a tambourine or anything, Sam? <laughs> okay. So what you're going to do is you have a list, it's up there, and uh, out there, over there there's only numbers, so pick your top two numbers, pick your top two numbers if you care about these, or they're a problem in your life, okay? Take this seriously, because we're going to count this up, and you know, Waz and Kelly will have this information, we're trying to understand you, you're, you know, we're not giving you the tribal list, because you aren't tribal people, okay? We're giving you this list, so pick your two numbers, you know? Uh, one <laughs> and four, you know, the two most important. The, um, <laughs> so pick your two. You'll go back there. There's beans at the two side tables. You go into the center, put it on your number, and, uh, and then we'll talk again. So it's up. It's go. <laughs> go time. Pick your numbers. Don't look at anyone else's numbers. So... Hey, I went and looked. You guys got a lot of problems. <laughs> the, um, but the winners, I, the winner was spiritual warfare. And uh, so that's one of my favorites. And then the other one was the uh, um, sexual addiction and lust, which uh, you know, is very similar to spiritual warfare. And then we'll have exact we'll have exact numbers at a later date, um, um, but it's all it's hard to figure this kind of stuff out, you know. We and we have to do it cross culturally. 
we have to get, do it cross-culturally. We're in another culture. We're going back and forth. They're trying to figure out what we want to give them, and we're trying to figure out what they need. And so there's a big roundtable discussion. And then we got to narrow it down, you know, because there's beans in like 18 places over there. And we have to narrow it down to one or two that we actually can do for them and we can work it out. And in, in Tanzania, we worked it out towards um, their number one uh, need was um, water, clean water. Their water is terrible. And their second one was medical. And we figured out that medical was due to the water. So, hey, we're doing a big water project and we're all going to stop drinking coffee for a week here in a couple of weeks. Um, but even for you, you know, it's hard for us to even figure out what we need. How do we figure out what, they, what a tribal group needs in Africa? So it's, it's, but it's important to try to figure that out, how to make a difference. Um, does padding just keep going? That's great. That's good. I just wanted to know. <laughs> so then I will end. Um, <laughs> I thought I was just talking until I got done with the song. The, <laughs> honor those you serve. Confess your shortcomings. Get to know the people you serve. And try to figure out the implications of what, what you're serving about. Um, partner with the people you serve. They are the main instrument of them getting a better life. They are the instrument of them getting a better life. Them and Jesus, not you. And if you get that straight, then you can actually help them. You can actually uplift them if you know it's them and Jesus that uh, will take them um, and make their life better. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I I just pray. I just pray from the bottom of my heart that um, whatever I said, that your message gets through, that, that we need to love people. We need to honor them. We need to see them as you see them. And then we need to figure out how to love them. How do we love people where it actually makes a difference? Can we make a difference in this world? We are called to make a difference. We were saved for a purpose, Lord. And so, Lord, may we find that purpose. May we lift others up, and we may we always give the credit to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.